0: A reading from Psalm 1. These are God's words. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of Yahweh, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for Yahweh knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. These are God's words. You can take your seats now. I'm not sure if you found it there in your bulletin, but I've got the, the text of someone there if you wanted to. So, we're about to consider the meaning of this psalm, but it's important for us to remember at the outset that the truth contained here is meant to lead us to worship. This psalm can teach us, for, but we must. What is. Packed into this, the truth that is contained is meant to be sung. If we think we have understood this psalm, but are not led to worship God, we have not truly... It is full of truth that is worthy of a song. The truth that the psalmist is rejoicing in here is where God chooses to bless. He displays God's choice by showing the lives of two kinds of men. One is blessed and the other cursed. One is a thriving tree, and the other like sawdust. One stands in the judgment, and the other perishes. Most of you will know that when it says, blessed is the man, it means something similar to happy is the man. So here, the inspired psalmist also holds out before us a pathway to true happiness. Without God, a sinner wants to both define happiness for himself And decide what path will lead to that happiness. But God made this world, so happiness is his idea. It is not something that man can mold to his own liking. God knows what true happiness is, and he knows how narrow or broad the path to that happiness is. In his kindness, with his very words, he has shown us in this psalm and many other places, that happiness is found in following a narrower path than sinful man would like it to be people today will scoff at all narrow ways of thinking if someone says that's a narrow way of thinking they're usually using that phrase um, to throw shade on your ideas the world was recently given a new sum called happy it said clap along if you feel like happiness is the truth clap along if you know what happiness is to you Clap along if you feel like that's what you want to do. To put limitations on the ways that man can find happiness, like the psalmist does and like Christians do, is the highest form of arrogance and worthy of public mockery. It is not very inclusive. You will be cool shamed if you insist that the way of sin cannot cannot satisfy But the world fails to see that their worldview, that rejects the joy that comes from repentance, is itself a narrow way of thinking. Compared to the deep and weighty happiness that comes from living in the will of God, the hollow happiness that the world offers should be unappealing to the Christian. When examined, it should blow away like the chaff. Let's continue to look at the text. It begins with, Blessed is the man Why didn't it say blessed is the man or woman? How sexist. Even many confessing Christians will scoff at this oversight by the psalmist. But their protests are also like chaff that blows away in the wind. If God decides to address all mankind through a masculine noun, no man or woman should have a problem with it. How stupid to resist it, really. All mankind comes from our first father, Adam, The second human Eve was formed from Adam's side, so it is fitting that God at times uses man to refer to all mankind, both male and female. So who is the blessed or happy man, woman or child? We see that he does does not do some things and does other things. First, we'll look at what he does not do. He walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. The blessed man understands that wisdom is not to be found in the wicked, so he does not walk, stand, or sit in their way. This threefold of the wicked's wisdom shows how comprehensively he refuses its influence over him. Many Christians are confused today because they have no problem receiving the counsel of the wicked. And the confusion is heightened since they have been fooled by the pretty packaging of the wicked's counsel. They don't even know that it's wicked. No counsellor is going to say, I'm selling to you the way of chaff right now. All counselling presents itself as a path toward tree-like strength. But this psalm teaches us that the way to know the end or outcome of someone's counsel is to look past its frilly wrapping, look past all of its wonderful claims, And check the source that they are drawing their counsel from. Where is this person finding wisdom? Do they believe that they have wisdom in themselves? This blessed man knows that there is a way that seems right to man, but its end is destruction or death. So this happy man rejects the counsel of the ungodly, but instead he finds delight in the law of Yahweh. And on his law he meditates day and night. This blessed man knows that the law of Yahweh is a word to live by. Since God lays out a faithful path toward blessing and happiness in his law, the wise man delights. Of course, a man should delight in this kind of law. This blessed man is a happy theonomist. And this blessed man delights in the law so much that it occupies much of his time. He meditates on it both day and night. And this meditation produces a tree-like strength in him, and not just the strength of any tree, but one that has a constant supply of growth-sustaining water. Verse 3 says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. Many Christians are withering and fruitless because the law of God is not their food. And all they do, it could hardly be called prospering. Their meditation is Netflix and Facebook, and they wonder why they are struggling to live the abundant life that Christ promised. Until we truly understand what it is to live by every word that comes from his mouth, the church is going to starve, growing weaker and weaker, until there is no difference between ourselves and the chaff-like world. Verse 4. The wicked are not so, they're not like a tree, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Now chaff is the husks or casings of grain. When people want to access the valuable part of grain, the seed kernels, they would toss the grain in the air so that the lighter chaff would blow away in the wind. This is called threshing, and the heavier kernels would fall and remain after the threshing. Comparing chaff to trees highlights the stark contrast between the wicked and the righteous. The wicked have no root and are light and airborne. The righteous are strong and immovable. After contrasting their strength, the psalmist then concludes that logically, one will disappear and one will remain after the judgment. Verse 5 begins with, Therefore, so the righteous are like a tree and the wicked are like chaff. And it therefore follows that the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For Yahweh knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So who will be left behind after God's judgment? Who will God leave leave behind on the earth after the rapture? Certainly not the wicked. When the judgment comes, the people of God will be left and the wicked will be gone. It follows that this will be the case because God knows the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked will perish. The meek will inherit the earth. God uh, Proverbs 10:25 says, when the whirlwind passes by, the wicked is no more, but the righteous has an everlasting foundation. A consistent theme throughout scripture is that God made this earth, the very one that we are standing on now, to be ruled by the righteous those who meditate on his law day and night that understand what righteousness is so throughout time God is working to establish the righteous in the land he is not arbitrary sometimes siding with the wicked and sometimes siding with the righteous he is always working for the truly good on this planet even when it doesn't appear that way it is understandable that the psalmist chose to rejoice in this truth It is good to sing, Yahweh knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So let's sing Psalm 1 now to the tune of There is a Fountain.